Hello and welcome to the Powered by Rock podcast, where I'm going to be speaking with the Portland, Oregon-based punk rock band, Old Cross. After putting out a self-titled EP in 2018, they released an LP in 2020 called Daggers, just in time for the pandemic to stop them from touring to support and build their audience. Since the lockdown eased up, the band has been able to do some touring and even put out a rad new music video for the single Rotting. We'll be speaking with the gang from Old Cross right after this. You're listening to the Powered by Rock podcast with your host, Isaac Kuhlman. The Powered by Rock podcast was created to help showcase some of the best rock musicians in the world and to pass on to future generations the rock music that has inspired rock fans around the world for decades. We want listeners to be able to hear great stories and life experiences directly from their favorite artists, as well as dig deeper into music theory and talk rock like no other show you've ever heard. This isn't about looking cool. It's about getting real and having a great time. Without further ado, let's start the show. Hello and welcome to the Power by Rock podcast. I'm super excited to get the chance to catch up with the guys from Old Cross for a couple of reasons. First, I don't think we've really talked aside from some emails since you guys played in Vegas back in like February. And secondly, I get to hear directly from you guys about some of the upcoming things you're working on. So, hey guys, welcome to the show. How's it going, man? Good, good. How you guys been for the last couple of months? What's that? I said, how you guys been doing for the last couple of months? Oh, pretty good. Uh, just, uh, just hanging out, playing shows, doing the punk rock band thing. How, yeah. <laughs> how about you? Right. You've been doing some cool interviews. Yeah, there's been some interesting stuff. You guys are actually the end of season two, so this is the season finale. So after this, I'm actually moving houses, so I'll be moving office, basically, and having to re-put everything back up. So this is the final episode of season two, um, which is funny because you guys actually played with season one's final episode, which was Mercy Music, back in February, and you guys kind of just happened to be the, the final two bands of each season, so that's kind of cool. Yeah, that's rad. We love those guys. Yeah, I know. I'm, I know because uh, in the video for Rotting, uh, I think I mentioned even on the YouTube that uh, Cass is wearing the Mercy Music shirt. And I was like, hell yeah, bro. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah got to represent those guys. Awesome. <clears throat> Very cool. So before we dig into some of the new stuff or anything that you might be working on, I would like to take, take a step back and just kind of get a bit of an introduction from you guys because the world probably doesn't know who, who you guys are yet. You guys are kind of a, I wouldn't say a new band, but you're kind of you know on the rise, right? So a lot of people probably haven't heard of you. I know there's a lot, you know, maybe West Coast might have, have some familiarity with you, but East Coast is probably like, who the fuck are these guys? Let's see, let's see who what they're, what they're all about. So let me just kind of back up and kind of how did you guys get together as a band and how did you decide, decide that, you know, making punk rock music is kind of a thing that you started to want to go into? Um, well, as far <laughs> as punk rock music, I guess it's just, I feel like it resonated with all of us. Um, when we talk about stories from when we we're younger teens and stuff. So punk rock was kind of just what we were going to do. Um, and yeah. we stuck with it cause we love it. And as far as how we got together, uh, him and I have been playing forever for like 10 plus years. Longer and then, than that now. Oh, six. Yeah. Damn. 2020 put like seven years on us, I guess. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, we've been playing forever together. And then, uh, when we decided to become Old Cross, um, more of a punk rock outfit, um, then we gained this guy, which was a blessing because he's fucking awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Us California blessing. dudes, once California dudes, found each other once again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
we're all transplants from California. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I was going to say, cause I think, uh, I'll, I'll kind of talk about this a little bit later, but Dylan, I think you're also the front man of another band. Isn't that correct? Yeah. 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 I got a GFL. Yeah. And that's how these guys found me. It was me and my brother two piece and they were like, what? <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. We, so uh, it was one of the first shows that we played up here <laughs> as the band devil's troubadours and uh, GFL opened and it was just him and his brother playing bass and drums and it was so fucking heavy. And we were just like, we have to meet these guys. Like, yeah, it was a two piece just shredding. And, uh, and then from there on out, we were just really close friends and then started jamming together. Here we are. Nice. Very cool. So this is kind of a question I, I, I kind of ask myself for having started a, a rock music company as well, but did you guys have any concerns that, you know, when you're starting a punk band now, it's not like the same as like 2000, 2001, where it's like, Oh, that was awesome. Like everybody loved punk music. You could hear it on the radio. And now it's like, who, who knows about punk music except for like, like maybe Blink-182 puts out another <laughs> album or, you know, Travis Barker says Avril Lavigne's punk music, right? So that's the only <laughs> punk music you hear on the radio these days. But, you know, even just rock music in general doesn't get really much of a mass audience these days, like, you know, pop and, and hip hop and all that other stuff. So do you guys have any concerns about that or were you just going to make the music anyway? Uh, yeah, I mean, I was still in high school when Chris and I started playing. So the thought of it as like, oh, this might be a successful thing didn't it wasn't in our brains at that point. It yeah. was just something that it was awesome. And we, we, you know, grew up on that era of punk, you know, that early 2000s punk, West Coast punk shit for sure. And yeah. uh, <clears throat> at least for myself, it was just something that's been so fun and just became a part of what I love to do all the time. So it hasn't, for me personally, been a concern of like, oh, is this going to be like a tangible thing that we could do and now we're in our 30s and it's i still don't really think about it like that like yeah <laughs> it's just what yeah. i love to do and i love sitting in this basement this is where we practice you know right. it's like yeah. i love chilling with these dudes and you know we're lucky enough to be able to go out and tour around and yeah so that was yeah. initially it wasn't a thought of like oh this is something that we're gonna make money at like even when we started we it was like uh you know that's not really probably in the cards. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's not, I mean, it's not really, you know, it's not really an income making endeavor for most people in, in punk bands, especially, you know, starting after 2005 or 2010. Um, but you can make some money and still have a shitload of fun. And sure. I always tell people, uh, I probably say this like once every three episodes, but I always tell people that, it's, I don't want to be the guy with the most money in the graveyard. I want to be the guy with the best stories in the nursing home. So whatever you do in life, just have fun and, and don't worry about making the money. Cause it's still going to be, you can't, you can't go back and say, Oh, I wish I would have done that, you know, cause you just can't, you can't get back the time. So it's pretty awesome. Um, I just want to know like what kind of musical influences did you guys have when you were like molding the band's music and just your taste in music in general? Uh, I mean, him and I, when we first met, we vibed a lot on like early AFI. And then he got me into bands like Shy Lude, like more hardcore, progressive hardcore, melodic. And then, um, and also when I met him, he got me into more um, street punk bands and bands that were underground that I would have never heard from the Bay and oh, stuff. Yeah. I think like a lot of our mixture is kind of 
it's kind of cool because they got me back into like AFI and stuff. So that was pretty awesome. So I show them a lot of my music and then, but yeah, I feel all vibes well though. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. It was uh, really just whatever our, I feel like our siblings were into. I feel like all three of us can really, oh, yeah. our older siblings were like here. And like mine was like gutter mouth here. Yeah. It was like fucking AFI, bad religion, <laughs> yeah. Pennywise. Chris and I are from Southern California, so we got a lot of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. A lot of Pennywise, a lot of uh, surfing and dirt bikes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was in the 90s when you guys were probably really young. I mean, that was like skate punk revival for Southern California. I mean, yeah, there's at least a hundred bands that are still active today that were like, they're active because they were famous in the, in the mid nineties for being a skate punk band. The offspring was a big one for me yeah. like early on in elementary school. They like transitioned me from liking like uh, smash, smash mouth <laughs> into being like, Oh, there's a whole thing that's happening. This is sick. Like that's me. funny. It's funny because I obviously, you know, I'm, older i'll say i'm i'm 40 so i'm probably six seven years older than most of you guys but um offspring was like it was like green day came out then offspring came out and then way later like that's when smash mouth got famous but you guys probably heard you know smash mouth on the radio as you were coming up because it was like seven years right so yeah. those seven years like smash mouth was big and then offspring re-released so, or didn't re-release like came out with new stuff and then it was like a big big thing again but they were kind of missing for about three, four years in between there. Cause it was oh, like, yeah. they did their first one. I can't remember the name of that album for some reason. Then they had the pretty fly for a white guy and all that other stuff. And it's like, oh, now they're back and now they're super famous again. But yeah, um, it's pretty interesting. Cause I always like to hear like how people get into stuff, especially punk music or emo music. Cause it's kind of like, they have to start somewhere. And it's like, where in my life did that start? And then, oh, it's like, yeah, it's a different section of where that, that kind of music flows. So. It's pretty funny that you say you got into Smash Mouth first. <laughs> yeah, that was yeah. It was available on radio, so yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, when I was in like grade school, I was into like Ace of Base and Boys to Men. So Hell yeah, cool. yeah. I Savage Garden. I love it. Yeah, <laughs> I called them the Swedish sensation, Ace of Base. <laughs> so you guys actually have a pretty polished sound, and I mean, it pr probably stems from the fact that you guys have been playing in bands for years, right? So, um, you know not only did you have the one EP, I think there was like six or seven songs in there, but the, the, the one LP as well, I think there's more like maybe 14, 15 songs on that one. But what do you attribute to like the overall high quality sound of both your record, both of the recordings and the actual live shows that you guys put on? Cause it does sound pretty polished. Uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, to your point, just doing it forever. Really. Uh, and really after a while we were like, we really want to sound better and have better recordings and really just made it a point to figure everything out. And it, it became fun. It's like a puzzle. Like how do we make our life sound better? How do we make, what gear do we need to get? What do we need to fucking do in the studio to be more efficient and spend our time better? And yeah, so many things like that. Um, which like you said, I think attributes to just doing it forever and figuring it out. Yeah. Yeah, and I wish there was like a, a YouTube video. Now I know there's YouTube videos out there. Let's say like, oh, here's the gear you can use. It's like, just tell me what I would use if I had like six hundred dollars. Like, yeah. just tell me exactly the rig I would set up for live and for recording. That way I can just do it and not have to worry about all this other shit. And then that way I could get good at one thing, right? 
but it's like, oh, you go watch one video and it's like, oh, use Apple. Then you go watch another one. It's like, use this thing and use this thing. It's like, holy shit. Like, this is just, I'm, I don't have time to learn all this shit. Like, there's yeah. no way. <laughs> that That's the thing is you don't necessarily have to have the most expensive guitar rig or the most expensive drums. Like, figure out how to utilize what you have. Yeah. Like, when we were first getting Old Cross together, the drums that I was playing on, Chris had, like, when he was 15. Like, they weren't anything special, but the orange kid. it's what we have. You know, like, yeah. figure it out. Like, dial in what you got. Make it yeah. the best that it possibly can. Learn the ins and outs of it. Yeah. You don't have to have... Properly any, tune it. Yeah. <laughs> Something like that. You don't have to have a million-dollar studio. That would be sick. But... Yeah. You, you can get it to sound pretty good if, with with what you got if you know how to really use it. So yeah, yeah learn learn what you got. Then, yeah, like just out of curiosity, how often are you guys playing live shows? You know, pre-pandemic and then obviously now, kind of comparing like you know some people were doing. I know you guys weren't doing this, but like some bands were doing like 280 shows a year or 300 shows a year pre-pandemic. But I mean, most most people don't have that kind of ability because they're not doing national tours but like what kind of touring were you guys doing or you know how many live shows obviously probably mostly in the portland area but what kind of uh what kind of were you doing it monthly or what was it like before the pandemic and now uh touring schedule we were trying to do three or four tours um small tours you know what we can handle with work and family schedules for now uh they'd be like a week and a half to two weeks three or four times a year and then at least two shows a month probably before pandemic yeah and uh now post pandemic the venues aren't they're still kind of coming back and the scene is still especially with like you know different covid stuff happening a venue will be like shows are on and then everyone's like wait hang on no shows and then you know, yeah so we're we're probably three we're still trying to do three tours a year right now but probably just like one show a month locally yeah yeah, yeah so it's about 60% something like that about about the amount of shows that you probably did before. Yeah. Do you have yeah. end of summer booked for we're doing a week up the west coast or down the west coast, pardon me. Or, yeah. But yeah, and then maybe something before winter tour wise. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. Well, I know you guys were down here in in Vegas when it was super cold. Not yeah. smart of you guys. We're yeah, <laughs> like this is in Vegas weather. Yeah. Yeah. And I like how everybody comes here in the winter. It's like, oh, it's not that cold. It says it's like 45 degrees. That's like spring and, and whatever. And then they get here and it's windy and chilly. And they're like, holy shit, it's actually cold. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that was cool. And everyone that stuck around for that show and, and you, of course, you know, you stayed for the whole thing. And we yeah. had a blast and mercy and uh, failing up. Everyone yep. just stuck it out and made the night cool. That was awesome. Yeah. I remember the first two songs, my hands were so cold. I dropped two two sticks. I was like fuck yeah all right this is the real deal yeah yeah that's like the worst is when your hands are cold and you can't yeah. play bass or guitar you drop your picks sticks like that's yeah. the worst like yeah I like i promise we don't sound this bad yeah. <laughs> it's the weather oh i even thought about just taking off my uh sweater and my uh my jacket and i was like oh, i'm just gonna i'm just gonna do it maybe it'll get me warm but no nothing yeah. works <laughs> yeah it was freezing yeah, and obviously, you know, you guys being from the Pacific Northwest now, coming up from uh, from California before, you know, I used to live in Portland for about five years and Eugene for about six years. Uh, I definitely have my moments where I miss it, especially a lot of the music scene. 
I definitely can't get past the rain anymore, though. I mean, it's like you can see it's like sunny every single day in Las Vegas. It might be cold, but it's still sunny. So what are you, some of your favorite things about the area and what are some of your least favorite things about it? Hmm. My favorite thing about the area is definitely the scene so far. We've been here for, I've been here for almost eight years now, seven, eight. And the scene was just so inviting and the whole is just like a little family. And that's what's really helped us. Um, with like label stuff and studio stuff. And I mean, so many different things. Uh, yeah. As far as what I don't like about it. What do you not like about it? Mm. Right now I would like it to be spring and it is not. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's what May and That's it's, I mean, you guys look like you're cold as hell over there. And I'm like, yeah, I'm wearing shorts and a t-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> it was hailing 20 minutes ago. Mm -hmm. Like a cold hail though. No. Not like yeah. a fun summer. Like let's go right around in the hill. Like I'll yeah. be I'll be skateboarding outside. It'll be sunny and whatever, and I'll go skating in the city, and all of a sudden I'll be like, oh god, I can skate back with the car. It's starting to start. Yeah. Like what? I thought it was pretty sunny. Yeah. You know, honestly, that I love that part because we grew up in the fucking desert of California. That's true. The Inland Empire. So like all of the rain and weather up here is something that I enjoy. So that I, I don't like, I don't even know. We're still in in a honeymoon phase of living here. Yeah. There's not a lot that I don't like. We grew up in a small town. It's not a small town anymore. It, it, I don't know. People are fucking wacky and fun. And <laughs> I kind of like that. We're on the news all the time. And I don't know. It's fun. Yeah. It's exciting. Portland, yeah. Portland is very dangerous. Don't come here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, it's definitely, I mean, they have it. They have their issues. I will say that you know, for as, as liberal as the city is, it's definitely very homogenous and very white for how, how, how inviting and, and oh, culturally yeah. diverse the people yeah. want it to be. But it's like, <laughs> it I don't see white. a whole lot of other people than white people out here. But it's probably because it's freaking shitty and, and there's no sun out here. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, that is very true. There's so many white people out here. Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess. It's like all right. Yeah. Yeah. Let's uh yeah. let's mix it up a little bit, but yeah. I feel like it's grown a lot though. I I suppose from what I hear, people that grew up here in the eighties and nineties, it's uh they've run a lot of like racism and stuff out of town, which is awesome. Yeah, no, I mean Oregon in general back in the eighties and nineties had a, a lot of white supremacists, especially on the east side, but they would still have pockets everywhere. Um but yeah, I think it's getting more and more out of the cities because yeah. There's more and more and more racially diverse areas in those cities. And so, yeah, they're, they're sick of that shit. So that's pretty good. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Yeah. I yeah. think especially this last couple of years, it would be ill-advised for them to come out into the city and especially the punk rock scene. Uh, yeah. White supremacy I, is, it's not very uh, yeah. present in the punk scene. Yeah, I don't think. Yeah. yeah. Like we haven't seen anything like that at our shows so it's been yeah. been nice nothing yeah well, yeah and not like uh like southern california it was pretty bad when we were growing up there's a lot yeah. of Nazis that had to get ejected <clears throat> oh, yeah. So. yeah it's funny because my my episode right before you guys uh talking with james spooner who did afropunk the movie he has a new graphic novel coming out he grew up in the same type of area he grew up in um apple valley 
So kind of in the same general area. And he's like, that's what the book's about is like, cause he's a black guy that's, you know, into punk music. And he had, you know, his drummer was a, 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 a neo-Nazi by family. Like everybody in his family is a neo-Nazi. And he was like, Oh, you're not that kind of person. You're this kind of person. It's like, well, that's pretty racist anyway. Like <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> But yeah, so it's definitely, I mean, it's, it's something that the, the history of punk rock, punk rock kind of had to deal with, but I think it's gotten much, much better, especially when it kind of went mainstream with like Green Day, Blink-22. Um, yeah. People weren't going to shows to show up to like punch people and get in fights and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. So, except for a few older guys, but <laughs> then, they got, then they just got jumped or thrown out or whatever, but yeah. Yeah. There's always that on tour, especially there's that one random guy every other show in the pit and you're like i don't know looks a little we can always see where it's where it's gonna head we're like that guy pretty yeah. soon someone's gonna do something and it always happens we yeah. always point him out we always eye each other we're like yeah it's gonna be that guy i know yeah. it. <laughs> and he'll be the guy that's bringing you guys shots like hey guys want some shots like, yeah. oh jesus or, or the guy that's like yeah. why is it everyone getting in the pit what the hell yeah. and we're like you man yeah. you're making us all nervous mainly you. yeah yeah <laughs> There's a, there's a, there's a good way to mosh and then there's bad ways to mosh. And yeah, like you just don't have to be a jackass and try to hurt, hurt people. Like I was at one show a couple of weeks ago, maybe a month ago now. And this guy like blasted a, a girl who's just standing there and she was like standing there with her drink in her hand and she just flew and like landed on her basically almost hit her head on the ground. And everybody's like, fuck no, man. Like he got bounced, but he was about to get his ass kicked by everybody in the building. So I was like, you're just being a jackass, man. Mm-hmm. But Learn your lesson, guys. Don't mosh incorrectly. You can have fun. Just right? keep it under just have, control. Just have a good time. Yeah. I'm, always in the, I'm always in the pit just like hugging people and stuff and tapping them yeah. on the back. And everyone's just like, what's wrong with this guy? Should be angry. I'm like, yeah. 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 <laughs> it's all fun here. Yeah. Yeah. So what do we got on the horizon for you guys? You got a new album, more touring, new songs, new videos. What's, go- what's coming up next? Uh, yeah, we have a tour coming up. Uh the details will be announced probably within the next two weeks. Uh, we're locking cool. a few things in, but July 7th is basically what we're looking at the first show. So Starting that'll be cool. a nice little summer run. And then uh, we've been working on a new record uh, pretty much every single day. Um, nice. We're in the pre production demo stage, but from there it goes pretty quickly. Yeah. Are you guys thinking it'll come out this year or are you going to be early next year? Next year for sure. Gotcha. Nice. Yeah. Um, unless we decided to cut it into an EP for some reason, you know, things change on the daily also. Yeah. Yeah. Get excited. <laughs> um, and everyone just releases singles now. So yeah, you never yeah, know. It's, super... Get to the point where you don't even have to release an album and it's like, <laughs> you just release 10 singles and let Spotify do whatever it's going to do. Mm-hmm. Right. But kind of takes the fun out of it for me. Cause I like to actually listen to it in a row, hear how it's put together listen to you know the flow how these songs coherently stick together instead of you know hear a song on spotify randomly because i what i don't like is like when you go to spotify it'll be like a release radar or something like that and you got a single that you like and the next one's dog shit and the next one's good and you're like i don't want to weed through 100 songs just to listen to one band that i like yeah that's that's the man yeah that is the problem with the whole streaming thing and then on the band side i feel like so many bands are just trying to get they do that because they just want to get on playlists yeah. and they're just looking it. It almost goes back to what you're talking about beginning of the interview with like making money. I think a lot of bands that are like, we're going to do this and we're going to make money. And it's, we're going to get on playlists and that's yeah. how we're going to do it. And that's kind of where the single thing comes from. Maybe 
it keeps your, your yeah. numbers higher. I yeah. Guess. yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, just put it on a record and have fun. And I bet you'll find some success. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I'm kind of old school in that thing of like, you know, put up like two, three singles, put out an album yeah. and then don't put your whole album necessarily on streaming. So it's free. Like maybe, maybe have some singles on there, but yeah. make people actually buy your damn record. Cause why not? Like that's, that's what I would do if I was a fan. I'm like, yeah, I'll buy your record. If I can't get it on streaming, I will absolutely buy your record. So, yeah. I think that, at least in in the punk rock rock realm, it seems like people are more interested in buying stuff directly from us. Like on yeah. our Bandcamp, especially through the pandemic, we saw a lot more traction recently than we had ever had. Like people are willing that like just randomly came across us on Bandcamp. We'll be like, oh, this dude. Well, we have to send a CD to the student Florida. Yeah. It's like, oh, he doesn't know who we are. Like, but just some dude heard a song and was like, oh, cool, I'll buy your shit. Yeah. So I think there is, there is room where people are excited to buy stuff, and, and especially now you can buy directly from the band. You know, you're yep. helping them directly. So, mm-hmm. I've noticed over the last couple of years with the pandemic, and people are interested in buying physical things as yeah. well. Yeah, for sure. I think that, you know, especially within a punk rock, not necessarily rock, because I think a lot of people, when they get into a rock band that's not punk, they think, oh, we're going to do this to play big stages. We're going to get on the radio. Like, that's kind of, as a regular rock band, that's kind of your immediate thoughts. But as a punk rock band, you're like, I want to do this. I'm going to have fun, drink some beers, mosh, do some cool shit, like go around the country or whatever. And that's pretty much like, you know, and and most, most punk bands, and why you'll see a lot of my interviews with punk bands is because they're a lot more humble than rock bands in general who have this big ego about what they want to do with their careers and where they want to go. Like I've asked a few rock bands now, not all rock bands are like this, but I've asked a few rock bands, Hey, do you want to come onto the show? And they're like, what's your numbers? And then I'll say, well, you know, it's hard to track stats, but here's what I got. And they're like, okay, well let us know when you get like more. I was like, wow, cool. Don't don't get us wrong. It'd be sick to uh, not have to work and just do this. But like, yeah, we're doing it regardless. It's fun as fuck. Like you said, like, yeah. we've made some of some of the coolest relationships by playing random shows in random cities. Like failing up is a great example. We yeah. met them almost six years ago, mm-hmm. and we talked to them all the time. You know, they drove out from L.A. to play with us in Vegas. Like, just really great people. Yeah, that that's what one of the most fun parts about touring is just yeah. when you go to a, a show, you don't know anybody and you show up and like all the bands are cool and everyone's good and everyone's yeah. super nice. And you just create this lasting relationship, you know, like yeah. back to mercy music too. We didn't really know them. They toured with some friends of ours a couple of years ago in Portland and we met, but I honestly really started talking to Rye over the pandemic, their drummer. Yep. And like we became buddies and we we're like, hey, we're playing Vegas. If you guys want to hop on and they were stoked, super nice. Like that's that's the beauty of this. It's like everyone gets it. They're fucking great. You know, everyone at the show is having a great fucking time. You know, just yeah, we, we sat after, yeah. <laughs> after the show. Exactly. It was freezing. And Brennan and Chris and I and Dylan and Rye, we were talking for like an hour just out yeah. in the world. Like just it's a fun, you know, creating these relationships with people is is so fun everyone yeah. there's an understanding you know oh they're out on the road they're they're trying hard they're putting out records and you can see that and there's a mutual respect and it's just yeah. super fun mm-hmm. yeah 
I'm just, I was going to say, I'm going to have to censor so many of these words. I'm just kidding. Oh. <laughs> yeah. uh, there was one, one time I was talking to somebody and they're like, uh, they said shit or something. They're like, Oh, can I say that? I was like, it's the fucking internet. You can say whatever you want. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Those days are gone. <laughs> yeah. So I know you guys are currently distributing through it's Zomi media records. Right. So I think from what I can tell, that's your company, Chris, or you guys are yep. kind of all involved in it. Um, yes. And I think even Dylan GFL is on the label, right? And, and yeah. is it like a, is it film and record? And, and how do you guys go about recording and, and making videos and stuff like that? Because DIY is very present for small bands most of the time, but you guys do a pretty good job at both of them. I think the recordings sound great and the videos actually look really good. And now rotting, I know kind of had a, uh, it was done by somebody else, but you yeah. guys' previous stuff, I think most of them were through you guys, right? Yeah. Um, I, Basically, once my my son was born 10 years ago, I was like, well, I need to do something else that's also music-based to make money and not just tour. If it's not music-based, I'm going to drive myself crazy. Yeah. So I basically came up with that idea of just a label. Um, I guess it's a label. It's a label. But uh, that just does everything, DIY, and helps everyone out. And at the same time, creates a little income for everyone involved and just trying to go up from there. Yeah. I decided to get better at recording and make that my main focus and, uh, help all the bands out and like GFL recorded with us, uh, stab in the dark. You haven't heard of them, check them out. All the bands on the label. Um, and just learning through working with all these bands also then in turn helps us figure out what we need to do. It's just like a DIY collective situation yeah. through zombie media. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Film came about and I started doing videos just for fun and uh, I like doing them. So we're just kind of running with that. Um, but rotting was Justin. He's the one that taught me a lot. Yeah. Rotting was a lot of fun. Yeah. Is that, is, are you guys from Riverside? Cause I saw that, that, that that's yeah. where that was done. Yeah. Yeah, right cool. below Riverside. We're from, uh, he's from a town called Nivo, and I'm from Menifee. Um, that's where we met Justin. And then gotcha. he's a killer, uh, like videographer, though, director. Nice. Yeah. And then obviously, Dylan, you are frontman for GFL. So how does it, how does the dynamic for you kind of switch? Obviously, you're mostly backup vocals and, and, and straight up bass guitar. Obviously, it's a three piece. So that's kind of your, your main role. And, um, in uh, Old Cross. So do you ever think like you're going to have your own songs where you're going to be singing front or, or is it, do you guys ever want to split the vocals like that? Or is it, are you pretty comfortable with just doing backing vocals? Um, I'm comfortable with doing whatever. Uh, yeah. I've been actually singing a lot on the album and a lot of the new stuff that's coming up. And I, yeah, I actually didn't even like push it or anything. It's just, since we're both lead singers, Chris is like, you're singing that part. And I'm like, dude, I'm, I'm down to sing whatever. Even yeah. if I wasn't singing backup or anything, I would love to be in this band because all the music these guys make is just awesome. But yeah, uh, but yeah just uh, even like a lot of the new stuff, like I'm singing a lot more and I'm like, all right, cool. I'm excited. Yeah, I started, yeah. Uh, I actually started writing parts that I'm like, it'd be a lot, it'd sound a lot cooler if Dylan sang it. So you, you're going to hear more more from this guy on the next record for sure. Nice. I'm yeah. so excited. Yeah. He's got to teach me a lot of good vocal stuff too that I yeah. never knew about because GFL, of course, is just 
a lot of yelling in there and <laughs> old cross is a lot of like vocal ranges and stuff so it's kind of cool to to sit down like sometimes we'll sit down and have an acoustic like night we'll just sit down and do like harmonies and stuff so yeah. that's that's new to me but I, I love it i'm just like yeah that's that's awesome and he is naturally good at it he'll be like i don't know i'll try and then he'll just nail it yeah <laughs> It's like you prick like, i've been trying this for six years <laughs> oh man yeah so, so do you guys ever like play do you guys ever play where both bands are on the same on the same show at all oh yeah our last show yeah. was both of us yeah with boss daughter yeah. boss uh, daughter from reno yeah nice. they're a fucking cool ass dude mm -hmm. uh very cool yeah and he's he's always seemingly pretty cool with doing the double yeah the double duty we did a couple three shows like i was in another band we did a three band build the same band so i played bass and sang for three bands and i was super <laughs> excited i was like i don't even care let's do this work the next morning i don't care yeah, <laughs> no yeah. but yeah i remember because i used to be in a i used to front a punk band back in high school so we're talking 2000 we, we recorded an album in 2001 <laughs> and yeah. Like as much as I like to sing and, and all that stuff, I always struggle to remember my own words. And I've played them hundreds of times. I'm like, if I had to do two bands and I had to sing and any of them, I'd fuck up the lyrics so bad. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh shit, let me start over. <laughs> I think yeah. I definitely know that. Dude. I think I probably messed up on GFL lyrics more than the old cross stuff. So I'm yeah. like, how is that? I wrote these ones, but yeah. <laughs> Chris wrote these ones and I don't mess up at all. Well, that's funny. Cause like when you sing a song on the radio, you rarely mess up the lyrics because you're singing somebody else's song. But when you write your own, I feel like I get in my own head, like, what part is this? Because I'm thinking about the storyline of it or something. And I'm like, wait, did I skip that? Do I have to go back? And I'm like, oh, why am I worrying about it? Like, just sing the fucking song. Yeah. <laughs> like, you switch verses and stuff, too. Yeah, exactly. Like, wait, that was supposed to be the first verse. Oh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, I don't even know my own songs, man. I don't know what's happening. <laughs> what do I need from the grocery store next week? Oh, fuck, I'm playing a show. Oh, yeah. Good uh, yeah. times. Oh, well, you could definitely do that while you're drumming because all you're doing is counting a lot in your head, right? So you're thinking like, oh, I got to call somebody need... back later. At practice, definitely. But it shows I'm a little more invested. Sometimes you're playing that you're set, getting ready for a show, and you're like, oh, fuck. Yeah. Okay. I'm with you. I'm here. I'm yeah. still here. <laughs> it depends how long we've been playing this yeah. song, I guess. Like uh, some of the older stuff is like huh? filthy punks. Our song <laughs> filthy punks will throw in at the end of the set sometimes. And it's a, it's a song that we just have in like every band that we're in. We just keep bringing it along. That's a song I'll zone out because the verses are, there's so many words and I'll kind of look around and I'll be like, I don't know what verse I'm, I'm on. And then we just kind of yeah. somewhere. <laughs> just go by their cues and be like, all right, yeah. I'm back in the song. Yeah. And I feel like sometimes when you do that, you self sabotage too. It's like, you know, I could just take the song out of the set and not make it so hard on myself. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. So, where do you guys see the bands going kind of further to gain more, more notoriety in the coming years? Do you feel like you have to move to a bigger label? You're going to keep doing the DIY thing? Do you think you just need more visibility, more, 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 more like more momentum, that kind of thing? Or what's the thing or things that you think will kind of help you get more followers and fans? Um, I love the DIY label situation. However, I feel like that'll always be kind of a part of us because it's literally us. Um, a bigger label would always be awesome if there was more opportunity and more networking. And a lot of yeah. people that run the bigger labels are just really interesting to me. And I always want to pick their brain and see their 
they've been in the industry for so long. That's exciting to me. Um, as far as touring, we're, we were supposed to be out of the country at this point, but you know, the pandemic thing, everyone's story. Um, yeah. hopefully East coast next year and expanding cool. to play in front of more people, you know? Yeah. Are we talking like you're going to go all the way to the East coast or you're going to start in the East coast and like fly and fly back? You know, we don't know, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. flying, flying there. We talk about, yeah. we go back and forth a lot. Flying there and linking up with the band yeah. that has like a van and the gear that we could just join on yeah. with would be like ideal. But I mean, we got a van and we could fucking do it. So yeah, just yeah. taking more time. Yeah. Do three, three to four weeks instead, you know, and hit, try to make it to the other coast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, it all comes down to what, what, whether you can take the time off from work and all that stuff and, and your, yeah. your wife and kids don't worry about you. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Cool. So I think, you know, what I just kind of always ask this of like kind of rising bands because most people kind of have a similar answer, but it's, it's always different. Some bands, you know, they want money, they want fame, they want, you know, women, whatever. But uh, what do you think are some of the big goals for the band? Mm, self self-sustaining yeah it's always definitely i don't know if that's is that the answer that you get all the time <laughs> well that's what mercy music said as long as we can make our make our bills <laughs> yeah that would be the dream like yeah. go play for six months and like the band takes care of itself and when i'm gone i can like pay the bills and then if i come home and i work a job that sounds sick yeah and yeah. then i and then i leave on tour and come back yeah. 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 That would be immediate goal would be something like that would be the band pays for me when I'm doing the band. And then when I, we're not doing the band, I work and that sounds great. Yeah. <laughs> Just yeah. remember that the band is a company that has to pay taxes as well. Right. <laughs> A lot of people are like, oh, we can just go make, you know, $50,000 and that money goes right into our pocket and the government doesn't have to know about that. Yeah, they're going to know. <laughs> yeah. They'll always find a way. Yeah. Especially because all the merch sales are through Venmo and Cash App. Yeah. There's a trail. It's yeah, not and there's, a, there's a W9 that comes from those companies that say, here you go. Here's how much money you made from us last year. And they're like, ah, oh, oh, shit, we got to pay tax on that for sure. <laughs> yep. Cool. So. We'll add some links to the show to this to your guys' music and everything in the show notes below this episode. But do you have anything you guys want to kind of plug or anything you wanted to like, you know, say to listeners or fans of the, you know, maybe people who haven't heard of you yet that you would say, hey, you know, here's the kind of things that you'd you'd get out of listening to us or anything like that before we go today? Uh yeah, as far as plugs go, uh, we just dropped that video uh for rotting off of daggers, um, done by Justin Whitmer. Definitely go check that out. It's yep. like a Beavis and Butthead spinoff i'd say yeah <laughs> um look out for us on tour uh summer and fall yeah and, and do you guys know like what states you're going to is this like washington oregon california yeah for for the one in july it's just we're doing a smaller run than we normally do um we're just going through uh like reno Bend, fresno northern california um and i think we might play one in washington okay and then fall, we're probably going to make it out to like Colorado. And okay. So. Very cool. Just make sure it's yeah. not snowing in the mountains when you go. 
Oh, I know. That's what. And it's not an outside. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Chains only go so far in the yeah. Rockies. Yeah. That's very cool. Yeah. So I'm excited. Obviously, you know, one of my when I when I first heard you guys, I actually when I saw you guys were playing with Mercy Music, I was like, hey, I gotta check these guys out. And immediately, you know, I, I listened to Daggers first, and the first line off of that is the uh, you know, the 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 yelling line. I think it's like uh, something like falling from the sky or whatever like that. And I'm just like, holy shit, this is like, yeah, immediately pumps you up. And then, you know, one thing I will say that uh, I, I thought I thought was kind of interesting was you have a song called Cross. And then, then on the next album, you have a song called Old Cross. And I was like, wait, are these the same songs? And they just are tricking me. But no, I went back and listened to them. I'm like, I don't, they're not the same song. But at first I thought they were the same song and they were just it's misnamed. The same song. Yeah, it's the same. <laughs> yeah. Is it really the same song? Yeah, it's the same song. Yeah, I thought it was different because I, I listened. I didn't listen to it back to back, but I listened to the, the albums back to back. I'm like, it sounds the same, but it doesn't sound the same. So I'm like, maybe I'm just, it's, it's in my world. head that it's the same. We had the EP before we made Old Cross the name. So Old gotcha. Cross was the name of that song. So we used that for the band name. And then we were like, we want to redo this song, put it on the full length, but we don't want it to just be called Cross. And we did a thing where we only had one word song titles for daggers yeah and we changed labels so yeah um we tried to rebrand the song we thought about it way too much is what we're saying <laughs> <laughs> like well it tricked yeah. me because i was like i swear to god this is the same song i'm gonna ask him about it because i i <laughs> thought it was and i'm like uh yeah. maybe we just it's liked not that song and thought it fit with the bunch of songs on the lp yeah so. for sure i think it's a great song I mean, that's probably my favorite song. Gates is a great one. Uh, the one after Gates, I can't remember what that one's called. It starts with an A, I believe, but like those are three of my favorite songs. And then you have, you know, Angel, uh, uh, Angels Dying or Losing Their Wings or whatever the hell it's called. The last song. Yeah. Yeah, with, with, the, with the acoustic. That one's pretty rad too. So um, I definitely know what you mean. Like when you're saying like you like AFI, some of these other bands, like you get a lot of that, but it's, I wasn't personally a fan of AFI. I've seen them in concert and I was like, yeah, they're cool. But like, I never got into them, but like the way that you guys kind of brand your music is it's emo punk. And then it's still like more upbeat than a lot of emo stuff. So it's in, yeah. it's a lot more in my wheelhouse of what I like for like emo punk versus like the crazy screamo or the, right. you know, the like, you know, crying your eyes out emo. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Like Dashboard Confessional or something. <laughs> I was never totally a fan of all that. Later on, I learned to respect it because I, yeah, just songwriting in general. But I think we were always just maybe influenced by the earlier bands that those bands were kind of influenced by. Yeah. And then, but we always just stick to punk rock kind of by accident. Yeah. Like, we'll try to write a slower song. And we're like, well, let's make this verse with a punk beat. And we're like, yeah, that sounds cool. Yeah. <laughs> we can't escape it, you know, but, um, and I write serious lyrics, um, not really purposefully, but sometimes I listen back and I'm like, you kind of maybe went a little too dark with that, but yeah. <laughs> people seem to kind of like it. So, sometimes. yeah, I think if, if you are, it's one of those things. And I, and I've talked to several, um, musicians about this, whereas like, if you have, kind of upbeat tempos with serious lyrics or the verse or the, the, the opposite of that, where it's like very serious sounding music with like happy sounding lyrics or positive lyrics. You're like, that shit sounds awesome. I don't know why it's this like opposites yeah. attract in a song and it's, it just works really well. So That's I think good. you guys, like I said, I think, you know, 
for what it's worth, from my opinion, I think the music sounds fantastic. Um, you know, when I saw you guys live, I'm, you know, every time I watch some band live, I'm watching drummers, right? And I'm watching cats. I'm like going, Jesus Christ, this guy can play some fast ass drums without, okay. without looking like he's moving that fast. I'm like, that's, that's rad to watch. But then, yeah, it's like you guys have the harmony vocals and all that stuff. And, and you just got energy, which is great. So I think if you get the chance to see old Christ, definitely go check him out, go check out the music, go to the show notes below, make sure you do that, you know, buy whatever you can, obviously help them get, get, get touring more and, and just support, you know, bands like this, because I think, you know, in two, three years, you guys might be doing national tours if, if you stick with it. Not that like two, three years is magically going to change from the last five or six years, but you know, it's just the incremental things that you got to do to keep going. And, and I think you're, you're on the right track because you're playing with the right bands in my opinion and you're, and you're playing in front of the right people. So. Right. Thank you. That, that means a lot. Amen. Yeah. yeah. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much to old cross today for the awesome conversation. If you haven't checked out their music yet, go to the show notes below this episode and check out the links Go listen to the music Buy any merch, any, actually I should have worn you guys a shirt. I don't know why I didn't, but I don't, you know, it's like, you don't want to wear the shirt of the band you're going to go see. So I wore another, <laughs> oh, yeah. another band. So, uh, but yeah, guys, if you like what you heard on the show please make sure to subscribe to the podcast and share it with your friends on social media you can see the full video interview on our youtube channel as well also if you want to check out some of our written content or any of the products or merch that we have available go to powerbyrock.com to read our absolutely absolutely free rocking blog full of album reviews interviews and lists to keep you entertained and find our gear as well so you can pick up some items to basically play and look like a rock legend that's our show for today we'll see you soon for the next episode until then rock on